The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. Brisbane have improved their side a lot and Frio as well. So, look, I think all our double ups are going to be pretty tough this year. Oh, yeah, you know, you never, you never know really what's going to happen. Mm. I think the toughest part is we've, we've got a, a hard first game up against Melbourne at the MCG. Uh, then we've got two games that we really should be winning. Um, and then it gets pretty tricky after that. Um, there's a there's a run of five games. Yeah. And look, we, we do home, obviously, four weeks in a row after that. But, uh, mm-hmm. but look, at the end of round 13, there is every chance we could be three and nine, really. Um, and season's over. So... It's. I think it's a tough run, and then you look on the run home as well. You've got Richmond, GWS, Essendon, Sydney, and North on the run home. So, it's no easy games for us this year. Um, I think when you when you take into account our squad and and everything like that, uh, um, if we can make the finals with this list and this draw, I think it'll be pretty mean effort. So, what draft pick do you think we're getting next year? <laughs> Oh, probably a top four pick, I reckon. Yeah, looking at it, I'm thinking more and more, like, as he said, it's a good commercial one, and of course the AFL does listen to requests from clubs, and once upon a time they used to be published, but now we don't know what they are. I just sort of wonder, can we have a good commercial one, because we don't think it's going to be a great season, thanks. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Um, I think it's probably our hardest draw for the last sort of three or four years, I reckon, Mm. in my opinion. Um, But you never know, it might work out for the best. You never yeah. know which teams are going to improve, which teams are going to regress. So This might finally be the year that North Melbourne does that plummet everyone predicts every year. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> and uh, Hawthorne as well would be great. But, well, that'd uh, be great, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's um, an that, int- interesting one. That was my one complaint about the fixture, is that the AFL gave Chad Wingard an out by not making him play in Adelaide this year. Because <laughs> oh, they I normally, like, they normally talk when they're doing a fixture, they talk about, oh, how great is this? You know, ex-player that's changed clubs is going to play on the big stage. They're going to play in front of the old home crowd. and like, That's usually a selling point from well, the I AFL. Was like, uh, from the AFL. was like back page news last yeah. year yeah, on the right? advertiser, when, uh, which was Lever leaving the Crows, and it's, Oh, you'll get to boo him in round 21 or whatever it was. Exactly. Like, it's a promotion um. point. And then <laughs> yeah. one of the probably, I don't know, arguably, well, it's certainly one of the most high-profile trades of the off-season. Nah, he gets to hide in Tasmania. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Boo. Oh, that's good. Good for me because I don't, I don't want to be seen crying at the football again. Um, <laughs> that's probably especially, fair. Especially at the start of a game. You know, at the end, fair enough. Not at the start of a game. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, Reasonable. Yes, that's it. Remember to hydrate. That's the important thing. Just drink lots of water. <laughs> lots of long, deep breaths. That's... Mm. Yeah. All right. Should we get into it? Oh, yeah. Why not? Let's do it. So we're, we're going to talk about, about the second batch of uh, South Australian potential draftees. Uh, we've got another nine names and we might talk about some other names at the end as well that uh, that uh, didn't make the list. Um, but might also be of interest. Um, first one I'm going to talk about, and uh, put five asterisks next to this guy's name, because I think every single person in South Australia hopes that we get him. Um, Hugo Munn. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. It's uh, Ben Jarvis, everyone. Okay. Ben Jarvis. I was close. No. <laughs> uh, Isaac Rankin, the rank. Uh, he's 180 centimetres. He's a dual-sided player. comes from West Adelaide. He's a small midfielder, small forward, um, and he is um, arguably the biggest talent in this year's draft pool. Yes, I agree. This is another one like Lucosius where there's just not a lot to really say, apart from the fact that you know he's a fantastic footballer. He Last year we were ready to draft him um, based on his mm. championship form. He, he has gone on with that. He gets goals. He creates goals. He just has huge amounts of run. Uh, he is a star player, uh, and it would be great if we got him. Yes. Yes, Isaac Rankin, everyone. Uh, next player. No, yeah, okay. he's a superstar. He's a genuine superstar. He does it all. Uh, he's been playing SANFL league football for three seasons now. He debuted as a 16-year-old for West Adelaide. Uh, was a bottom major All-Australian last year, averaged 19 touches and kicked six goals in the champs. Um, came back this year and uh, and followed that up with a, a second All-Australian crown. 
uh, in 2018, uh, led the championships in goals with 12, averaged 16 disposals and five inside 50s a game, and uh, kicked 15 goals in 10 senior games for West Adelaide as well. So um, his form all season has been outstanding. Yeah, absolutely. There's not look. There's, I, I don't think there's anything you can knock him for except that I don't know if he was like five centimeters taller, he'd be number one. <laughs> Yeah. Like that's and that's not even a real complaint because he still managed to do enough in most contests to win the ball anyway. So, yeah, yeah. I, you know that, that would be any deficiency I could think of. Yeah, look, there's a lot of uh, comparisons to guys like McLeod, yeah, and Wingard and these sorts of guys. And look, he's probably the closest thing to Wingard that you're going to get um, in a draftee coming through because he's got that X factor. He can kick just the most ridiculous goals. He's got vision, um, amazing vision. Uh, can pinpoint passes anywhere and uh, can take a hanger. Um, he's quick, can play midfield, can play out forward, can win your game um, in any spot. There's, there's not too many negatives about Isaac Rankin. Maybe his engine, um, maybe. But he's an impact uh, player, so that's always going to be um, a thing. Yeah. It's about speed endurance now, Macca. Speed endurance. Speed endurance. That's it. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not too sure what sort of negatives there are about Isaiah Rankin. Um, maybe the only one I've got is that maybe he's just been coasting a little bit, and he might just coast a little bit at the highest level. Maybe there's some oh. concerns about about his uh, his potential midfield impact at AFL level. Maybe he'll just a small. Not that that's really a bad thing, because I think he's got all Australian small yeah, forward I, written I, all over him. I, I don't think that's an issue, honestly. Yeah. I, I mean, think, I'm searching. Yeah. I'm I mean, searching he, hard he, he to plays find. Like someone, he looks, <laughs> plays like someone... some negatives here. He plays like someone who's... Where the opinion of others is, you know, it is kind of important to him. So he won't want to get drafted high and then have people going at the end of the year, oh, gee, Isaac Rankin didn't do as much as we expected. No, no, no. He'll, he'll come out. He'll work as hard as he has to. To, yeah. to continue the, the, the positivity. Um, yeah. There might be, a tr- might be a question for four years' time after he's won a premiership, but for now he's probably all right. <laughs> yeah. And, look, he's an impact player and he's a big game player. You, you just look at his highlights from... Go, go on to YouTube, look at his highlights from the, uh, from the championships game against Big Metro, which was to win the championships. Mm. Um, it was the top two teams. It was the final game of the champs. And... Um, Look, the match was over at quarter time, pretty much thanks to Isaac Rankin, who kicked three goals in the first quarter, all fantastic on their own, set up another two, um, and he pretty much won the game for the state off his own boot in the space of 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess we can come at... Here's the bad news. I've thought of it. Um, what chance do you think there is of him falling to a pick five? Oh, well, look, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, it he's is not going to go pick one. Not going to go pick one. He's not probably not going to go pick two because uh, I think Gold Coast are, are right into Lacocious. So I think that's going to be the top two locked in. Mm. Um, if you Gold Coast, the smart thing to do is to pick Rankin, isn't it? Because he's just elite. Um, and look, even if he's there for only two or three years, you're going to get something bloody good back to get him back to yeah, South think, Australia, aren't you? I think they're sick of that, though. <laughs> I, think that's I, understand, I understand <laughs> you're sick of that, but at some point you just got to pick the guys. Uh, <clears throat> he's really close with Lacocious. They went to the same school. Um, I, if I was Gold Coast, I'd be picking Luco and Rankin for sure. Sure. Okay. And, um, yeah, so that's the smart thing to do. But this is Gold Coast. You never know. You it never is. quite know what's going to happen. We know they're red hot on Rosie as well talk about that in a minute um i've heard they're keen on smith um maybe <laughs> so, they maybe so they, they like go good the players then huh <laughs> that's it maybe they go the two kings to try and keep the brothers and they'll they'll hopefully be there for 10 years instead of two mm. um you look at you look at st kilda with pick four do they go ranking probably not they've, they've got other players similar to him they've probably got other pressing needs uh, for I their think... list structure as well. So, I... look, if if you get past pick three, I think there is a fair chance that he's there at pick five. I guess the, the one thing looking in our favour is that the teams with the three picks ahead of us 
they kind of have a, a record of kind of flaky picks. <laughs> you know, mm. admittedly, Gold Coast don't have Scott Clayton anymore, and if they did, it'd be like, oh, well, they'll pick Rosie for sure. Now it's like, mm, don't know. Um, there's always a chance. But then again, it might be us that's in the frame to try and pick up two kings. Who knows? But uh, it's certainly interesting. <clears throat> maybe, maybe it'll be us trying to move up to pick three to uh, to make sure we get him. Maybe it's the Crows. There's a big rumor going around about the Crows and Gold Coast pick three. Fair enough. And uh, that there's a uh, sort of a, a handshake deal. Going on, which we'll see the crows jump up to pick three. Um, you never quite know. Mm. The thing that scares me most is if Rankin is there at three, and we don't pick him. That's what scares me. What trading up to three and then not picking Rankin? No, no, staying at pick five. Rankin oh, right, yeah. falls to five, yeah. and we pick someone else. Yeah, that would be weird. I don't understand how that could happen though. <laughs> well, I, I would. I would half prepare myself for it because I, I have a feeling it might happen. I have, <laughs> well, because I'm very negative, yes. But I have a half of half an inkling that we rate a couple of other players ahead of him, and <laughs> well, yeah, okay. If they're there, then we well, won't be getting Rankin. If we're talking about wild supposition, then if Lucosius and Rankin are there, then yes, I will probably pick Lucosius. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he's one of the players. That, okay. I think he's gone, and uh, yeah. I think we're free to admit that he's gone. Um, but yeah, who knows? It's, it's going to be a very interesting draft night. And uh, look, I'll be cock-a-hoop if we pick up Isaac Rankin, because he is the perfect Chad Wingard replacement. He can play round one next year. Um, he could easily kick 30 goals plus next year. I think he's got the smarts. He's got the skill level to do it. Um yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Please get Rankin. That's all I have to yeah, say. Yeah, I don't think we need to talk about him anymore, do we? <laughs> no, nah, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Hmm. So the next player on the list that we're going to talk about is also someone with the big uh, asterisk next to his name for Port Adelaide, and that's Connor Rosie, who's okay. a 185-centimetre right footer um, from North Adelaide. He plays as an outside midfielder. Um, he can also play as a uh, utility on either flank. Um, and look, he's he's done it all this year as well. He was a, a pretty steady performer at SANFL league level this year. Averaged 13 disposals and a goal a game um, in a number of different roles. Uh, he impressed. He really impressed as a bottom major last year at the chance as well. 14 touches and over a goal a game. And uh, followed that up with a, a bit of a mixed championships, probably got to say. He averaged uh, 13 disposals and four tackles a game, which um, you know was probably a little bit disappointing for him. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, okay, I'm just on Connor Rosie first of all. He's built for Hinkley's chaos ball, so I think Port would be pretty into him. Like, he's just yeah. He seems to be really good at reacting to changing circumstances. Um, in that, you know, if the, if he thinks the ball's going to be here and then suddenly it bounces weirdly or whatever else, or it gets picked off by a player and handball sideways, like he seems to be really quick to react, and he's got fantastic reaction time um, mm. and ability to create out of nothing. Um, as for poor championships, I, I don't know. Like, it seemed like he was playing more of a role, yeah, as right? opposed to just playing for his talent, sort of thing. Like he Absolutely. was in a forward pocket and he was in a back pocket. Like he, um, he, he played like he knows he's getting drafted, so he wants to win the championship. <laughs> you know? It was more the role that was uh, <laughs> was. was uh, bestowed upon him, sort of thing. I think, yeah, as probably. opposed to, it's probably and look, a lot, a lot of people have have seen that and questioned his ability to be able to play as a midfielder. And mm-hmm. look, he was the best midfielder in the country as a sixteen-year-old two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he played a lot like a Lockie Whitfield outside running sort of wingman outside midfielder. So he can definitely play midfield. The he other is thing that friend, uh, but, you know. he, look, he is like he's only what seventy-two kilos or something. So. Mm-hmm. He's he's got a good sort of eight kilos to to put on, and that's not a problem. That's fine. Some some kids take time to do that. Not everyone's well built like Ollie Wines and ready to play um, as an inside midfielder in uh, round one of your first year. That's not a problem. Um, and as we can see, Connor Rosie can successfully play in other positions without any sort of issue. Um, but the point of my rant at the moment is the fact that, yes, he can definitely play midfield, and I have no doubt at all that we'll see him in the midfield at AFL level um, in a couple of years' time. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I'm just trying to think of comparison players as far as build. And the best I can do is... Um, or he's got name? that bit of Hoskin Elliott sort of... Okay, okay. Sort of I'm going way back him. on my list, so that doesn't work. What's his name? Was it Matthew Lappin at Carlton? <laughs> yeah. It's similar, similar build, I think. But, yeah. you know, quality difference. But yeah, yeah, like, you know, you can do it at AFL level. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think, and I think the important part is he is smart and fast enough to be able to do it. Like he has shown that, you know, you can see he's in contests with guys that are bigger than him bod- uh, bodily, and he still manages to extract, you know, um, and he manages yeah. to or tap on or hand pass or whatever else he needs to mm. do to uh, get the ball. And he can win hand- hard ball too. So uh, I don't know. I haven't. I, I can see that his frame is something he's going to have to learn to play with. But from what I can see, he knows how to play with it. So okay, yeah. good. That that's sold. Tick. <laughs> And look, the, also you got to remember he's only he's only a kid. Mm. He's playing SANFL senior footy as a pretty skinny kid, sure, um, and doing a pretty good job. He played a wonderful grand final uh, and a really good, really strong, consistent final series um, at senior level. Um, look, if he was playing under 18s like some of these other players that we're going to talk about, there's no doubt yeah. he'd be averaging 25 to 30 touches a game, playing in the midfield against other kids his age. But he's not. He's playing. Um, an important role at uh, at senior level, winning a premiership instead. Yeah, you wouldn't see Kai Pudney racking up those numbers if uh, Rosie was competing with him. <laughs> you know, for no, the league not. thing. For the league thing. Mm. Um, yeah. But look, he is um, he's a pretty special talent as well. You know, he's very quick. Um, he's got great skills. Um, he's just class. There's, there's a bit of X factor about him as well. He's got a huge natural leap. Um, he's very damaging with the ball. He can kick goals. He can play down back and be the uh, the setter upper. I, yeah, I mean, um, I think I think that if anything, he's probably the player that a lot of Pollock's fans imagined he might be. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like I think that he's got a lot of similar traits, and I think that if you say, "Oh, well, if Rankin replaces Wingard, Rosie replaces Pollock," to some extent. Uh, yeah, I mean, reckon, certainly I in the future, I think that's yeah, yeah, and the so, possibility. So in a way, we can't lose. <laughs> yeah. I would say the one, well, probably the main negative about his game is that he does lack consistency in games and can go missing yeah, uh, okay. for periods of time. Uh, he can go, you know, quarters of of games without having any real sort of impact, without sort of touching the so ball. So he'll fit in really well at Port Adelaide then. Oh, absolutely, lock him in, lock him in. Um, but look, there's there's plenty of like about his future prospects at AFL level. I've got no doubt he's going to be a long term AFL player and. Uh, and he's got um, potential star factor written all over him. Yep. Nah, look, I like him. I was, I was, I was starting to drift on him for a bit, but then I did the deep dive again. It's like, nah, he's good. He's fine. Yeah. He's top ten. No worries. He is top ten, and um, where he goes on draft night is going to be interesting as well. Because um, look, it's it's been said that Gold Coast are absolutely red hot on him. Um, there's been discussions about him going at pick three. Um, they've also got pick six as well. So if he goes past pick three, does he get to pick six? Maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if Rankin and Rosie are available somehow at five, I think, I don't know, would we pick Rankin or would we pick Rosie, do you think? Well, I have a feeling we'd probably pick Rosie. I'm I beginning reckon. to think that now, yeah. Yeah. Which is I, look, I think Rankin will be gone, but if... Look, he, Rosie is a huge chance for us with pick five. So the next player we're going to talk about, who is a completely different to Rankin and Rosie, and that's Hugo Munn, who's a 197-centimetre, 94-kilo uh, key forward. He can play as a bit of a second ruck as well. Um, what are your thoughts on big, huge Munn? Look, you're going to have to talk me down, Macca, because I, I've, I've, looked in, I've looked at all these stats, and there's like... I'll start off with the deficiency, which is that I would have liked to have seen him somewhere at some level get a kick a few bags of goals instead of that one a game or two a game thing that he does. Mm. Um, but apart from that, like he's got genuine key position forward height. He's a clean kick at goal and he can hit targets. He can use his yes. body in a contest. He's a solid mark. I'm not going to say he's an exceptional mark. And I notice he didn't get uh, in the top 10 in the vertical standing jump or the running jump at the combine. So that's... But he's also he's also taller than most of them anyway. Um, he's he's not even terrible at ground level. Like he can collect the ball if it's at his feet. You know he doesn't he does not the guy that sort of goes oh gosh how do I approach picking this up? No, he picked mm. it pretty pretty well, and he can you know off rock in the forward line. 
Um, I, I, I don't. I want to know what you don't like about him. I want to know what everyone doesn't like about him because I've done a bit of reading on him, and it seems like no one likes him anywhere near as much as I do as a footballer. And I just don't know why. I don't know about that. I think a lot of people are pretty keen on him, and a lot of people were uh, were pretty excited with the picks that we had, thinking, oh well, Hugo Munn's probably going to be there with that sort of second round couple of picks, and he'd be the sort of perfect addition hmm. to our to our forward line. And um, look, I'm not. 100% sold on him at all. I've got him at uh, 53 in my rankings, which is, uh, yeah, right. which is pretty low. <laughs> That's really pretty low. <laughs> it's very low. Yeah. Um, but I, I've got huge question marks about his ability to become an AFL key forward. Why? Why? Because I think at the moment he's just a standstill, put his hands up, hopes to clunk the ball type forward. And he's not going to be able to do that at AFL level. Um, because he doesn't have the leap. Um, I don't think I saw him lead and mark once in the championships, mm-hmm. in in the games that I saw. I think that's a big question mark on his game, bell-level football. Well, I mean, there's no doubt he could do with being more athletic, um, and maybe that's partially... like If he gets drafted, whatever club he goes to is just going to have him running laps for the next two years, right? Like That's yeah. pretty much it. Like It's going to be all about... Increasing his speed. Well, it's not even about athletic, athleticism. Oh, it is, um, it's, it's more about being switched on. And I think it's that side of the game as opposed to his athleticism. I think it's more the fact that he just... I don't think he's got the ability to read the play as well as what some other players in this draft have. Oh. Um, so I think that's probably in the ball that way, which I don't think I saw once in probably six games that I've watched him play this year. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, just to panic here, we just did get a little reconnecting thing on Spreaker Studio, but it's live again now, so I'll keep talking. Okay. Just so you know. Um, All right. <laughs> Going well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, no, here, man, I, um, I, I see what you're saying. I know what you're saying about he doesn't make great position. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe if we do do one of those, what, trade picks 10 and 15 to move up. And then we get like a, a you know a second round pick or something in return. Then maybe we'd pick him then potentially, but um, it's probably far more likely that he'll just end up at some other club. Um, yeah, like the kangaroos. And then we'll be talking about him like we talked about Ben Brown. <laughs> yes. No. Thanks. No. 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 Uh, there's no Mitchavis in this draft. Thank you. Okay. Um, look, I've got a strange uh, player com- comparison. For uh, for Hugo Munn, and it's, it's a player that that most people would go, well, who the hell is that? And that's um, Chad Gibson, who got yeah, uh, drafted to the Crows about oh, two thousand and five, yeah, two thousand four draft, I reckon it was. Nah, later than that, I and, reckon. Oh, I don't know. I reckon it was oh four. It was the same one where they got Van Berlo and uh, someone else as well. I reckon. Okay. Okay. And um, yeah, he, he plays very similar to him. I don't reckon, in, in my opinion, no, because I reckon the thing about Chad Gibson that was exciting was his his ability, his agility and athleticism, and like my my view on him mm. when he was drafted was that because he's a big kid, right? He was a big kid, and I'm thinking there's no way he's going to be able to play the way he is right now without injuring himself, and I think that pretty much is what happened to him uh, as far as playing at the Crows. You know, he was what he was doing with the the bulky frame he had. It just always looked like it was going to be a bit dangerous. Like, you know, kind of like how Charlie Dixon always has little injuries because of what he tries to do with being as big as he is, you know, the um, those kind of things. Obviously, in Gibson's case, a bit worse. But I don't think Hugo... I, I guess maybe that's part of it. Hugo Munn doesn't seem to be doing those same things that Gibson does. But maybe that's why you don't like him very much <laughs> because he's not, he's, not, he's not as hard at it as Gibson probably was as a junior. Um, yeah. If if I saw a little bit more of Mun sort of leading and doing that sort of stuff and and a bit more forward craft, then there's no doubt that he would be widely tipped to go sort of top twenty five. I would say, um, but at this stage, I reckon he sort of falls in that sort of twenty five to fifty bracket, which um, you know for a guy that he, look, he kicks a lot of goals. Oh, it, it would be, but as I said, I think there's. Look, there's every chance he becomes another Mason Shaw or Mitch Harvey and doesn't play a game. Well, we drafted both of them before that pick, didn't we? <laughs> before 25? No. I was saying before was... 47, didn't you say? Or something like that? Or... Uh, in that 25 to 50 range. Oh, yeah, yeah. 25 to 50. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, fair. So, look, I, look, there, there is a chance that 
I think best case scenario, he becomes like a Kurt Tippett and just becomes his big sure. sort of clunking marker inside 50. And he's going to kick a lot of goals if he gets his hands on it because he's a wonderful oh, yeah. set shot. Um, and he can play as that second ruck as well, especially with the new sort of ruck rules coming in, which will be more for his type of player as opposed to the more athletic guys. Um, but, yeah, so, look, there is the chance that um, a club might get a pretty good bargain on draft night. I guess the main the main reason I'm thinking I would like Hugo Munn at Port is because he's exactly the sort of player that if he ends up at another club and turns out okay, I'll just be an angry for the next decade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look, I think he'll go in that sort of late second round, pushing into the third round. I think Gold Coast at 24 and 29 might look at him if they've got the, the picks available. Um, Melbourne at 28 might be interested. Uh, St Kilda oh. at 36, maybe. Um, Brisbane, Essendon and Collingwood are, as well, I reckon, if, if uh, they'd be pretty keen on him too. Fair enough. So that's the big mun. The big mun. Munster. He's a big man. Uh, next player, Tom Sparrow, um, okay. who is 182-centimetre, 80-kilo midfielder uh, from South Adelaide. Um Look, he's uh, he's an interesting one. I want to hear your thoughts on on Tom Sparrow. Uh, I think that if you're going to say what clubs you're going to play for, it's probably Melbourne. I, I, th- I thought he was quite a bit, you know, has that Simon Goodwin thing of getting the ball in the clearance and then just sort of hoofing it as far forward as he can. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's that was pretty much all my notes on Tom Sparrow. I didn't find him a very interesting <laughs> player. He seemed to be adequate at taking a at getting a clearance, but. When you see where his kicks end up and what they become, there didn't seem to be anything special out about it, you know. Mm. Um, th- mm. Yeah. Well, he's an interesting one. I've got his comparison as Joe Attlee at the moment. Um, oh, God. He's, he's pretty similar. And, uh, look, physically, he is the package. He's a decent height, 182. He is rock solid, and he's got absolute explosive pace. Um, and he regularly burns through that sort of stoppage Dangerfield style with the ball. Um, and I guess a little bit like Dangerfield, he can burn it uh, on occasions mm. as well. Um, but the raw physical talents that this guy has is uh, is extraordinary. And, um, you know, he probably didn't show his best at the champs. He only averaged, I think, uh, 11 touches and, and five tackles a game. He had a really good game first up against WA. And uh, then really sort of struggled to get the ball um, coming off the bench a bit. But um, his form at uh, in the SNFL where he played some reserves games, mostly under-18s game, were outstanding. Um, and look, he was fantastic in, um, in South Adelaide's uh, final series um, as well, which is probably his best... Uh, his best group of form, he averaged uh, 25 touches, uh, eight tackles, eight clearances, five inside 50s, and a goal a game in their three finals at under-18s level, which is uh, pretty elite. Yeah, I, I will just take umbrage with one thing you said, which is you said 182 centimetres, which is a good size. Like That's gen- that's definitely a small midfielder in today's AFL. Um, uh, I think it, he plays a lot, a lot taller than what he is, though. I don't know. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just not... From what I've seen of him, I just don't care. I don't, I don't care about Thomas Farrow. He's not interesting. I, I've seen what he can do, and it just does not seem to me what I want to see in an AFL footballer. You know, like I would love to see him hitting more targets um, in the stuff I've seen than he has. Uh, he's good at creating opportunities in the forward line. There's a lot of teams that work well with that. I think Port Adelaide is certainly one that's tried to do that, be the team that sort of gets it forward and keeps it forward. And I think in a team like yeah. that, he'll look really, really good. Um, but he's not what I'm looking for in a midfielder for Port Adelaide. Um, you know. mm. Well, look, that's interesting. I've got him at 21 in my rankings, so I've got him pretty high up. Um, and it's based okay. on that potential. That potential, if he can put it all together, uh, there's a massive AFL footballer there with um, with real elite capabilities, I think. Um, but there is a chance that he just sort of plays sort of 20 odd games and doesn't really do much as yeah, well. well. He's definitely in that same category as Kennelly from Monday uh, as being a guy that will probably get drafted because he has got that you know athletic potential, that, that X-factor potential, but he's got a lot more polishing to do than a lot mm. of other players in this draft, and that's why he's not you know top 10. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I've got his ranges that 
I've got a pretty big range, 20 to 50. It's hard to see where yeah. teams might see him fit if they go off his uh, if his, if they go off his local form um, and uh, and see what he did there. Then I think he's likely to go sort of that high second round. Um, is there concerns about what he did at the highest level this year? Um, probably because uh, he didn't, didn't didn't get a lot of the ball. Um, but I think you look down the track in five years' time, and there is the potential there for a pretty exciting player. And it wouldn't surprise me if he becomes a bit of a Brandon Stasevich and on draft night his name gets called out pretty early on. Nah, I'd rather have Stasevich than Sparrow as a, as a mm. prospect, comfortably. Yes, interesting one. Um, and look, he, he would be someone that I would have been keen on drafting with... Uh, the picks that we now don't have no, as well. No, thanks. I don't. If, 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 if he's the one we gave up, I'm quite happy that we've done it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, next player is Riley Grundy, which is the mm. brother of Collingwood's um, star ruckman, Brody Grundy. Uh, he's a 194-centimetre key defender, uh, plays for Sturt, and he is uh, the shutdown king because he... he doesn't get the ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I did have one positive thing to say, which is that he um, is probably uh, thinking of Lisa Simpson uh, and non-threatening boys magazine. Like he's probably one of the guys on the cover of that. He is just absolutely <laughs> like there's going to be a cooler girl for him wherever he's drafted to, um, yeah. for sure. But he's just such a generic backman. He's n- like you see him get the ball, and then pretty much his first response every time is to go back and look around and then frown because he's waited too long for there to be options going <laughs> forward. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he, nah. I don't like him as a backman. I, I don't want him at Port Adelaide. I think he's got a very shallow uh, opportunity. But I think Collingwood will pick him up just to keep his brother happy. Yeah, look, I think he's got AFL potential as a defensively. Defensively, I think he's pretty spot on. Like he's got good defensive in- instincts. He uh, he can shut down players. He's got a good spoiling action. He keeps up on leads. Could all that sort of stuff. Sideways forever. Yeah, but he just doesn't do anything else. No. And uh, long Daniels. gone are the games of uh, Simon Prestigier Como, yeah. you know. And uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of what he is um, yeah. at the moment. Um, he's a bit of a Presti because he averaged uh, five touches a game at the championships. Five. Yeah, um, Stephen Daniels. So, so there, there is just no, <laughs> there is no attacking, no rebounding, no getting the ball, no providing an option, no nothing. It's just defend. And, um, yeah, he would have fit in well in the 80s, I reckon, in yep. that regard. Yeah. But oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. at this stage, I think he gets drafted somewhere at some point. I think he'll, he'll definitely get drafted. Collingwood. Um, but there'll be a, a very long learning process before he's anywhere near ready for AFL footy, I reckon. He's just, he's just got to add so much to his game, and it's not easy. Uh, if, if you haven't shown it, if you haven't shown that you've got an ability to rebound and do creative things with the ball... You don't, that's not something that you add, is it? I don't think it's something that you add to your game. Ever, uh, ever, ever. I think a lot of players try, but... Yeah, um, but it doesn't work, does it? Nah. And look, it, <laughs> it was the same story for him this year at uh, at reserves and, and under-18s. So he's, you know, he was regularly getting sort of under-10 disposals a game. Yeah. So it, it's like, just the way he plays the game. I mean, it's kind of like trying to learn to be a, a you know a natural left foot kick after you're drafted. Like, it, okay, you can get a bit better, but it's never going to be a natural part of your game, really, is it? You know, yeah. if, you wanna, if you want to be two sided, you probably should have started when you were ten, and it's mm. kind of like that. Yeah, so I think he'll find a home somewhere, probably through the rookie list. I think is most likely, um, but it wouldn't surprise if someone goes late on him. Collingwood, um, Collingwood are a chance, but they're going to get Will Kelly, who's Probably the best defender in this, or second best yeah, defender brother. in this year's draft. I understand it's the brother thing. <laughs> it's um, totally the brother thing. Well, look, they do need tolls, Collingwood. So um, if they end up with Kelly and Grundy, they'd, they'd be probably pretty happy with that, I would think. Okay, cool. Next player is, Next. Um, is Tom Lewis from Sturt, mm, who's mm, a mm, 179 centimetre <laughs> inside midfielder. Yeah, uh, he's he's probably the Jack Graham in this year's draft oh, um, from from South Australia. Um, he's proved to be a pretty high disposal winner at uh, at local level, um, at reserves level and under 18s level. 
Uh, he was a pretty good contributor for South Australia at the Champs. He averaged 15 touches and four clearances and nine tackles a game, which is elite. Um, but there's a few things holding him back, Portia. What are they? Uh, well, look, when I watched him, I got the same frustrations as you get watching Jake Need and Brett Ebert in that they find fantastic position for a player five inches taller than them. Um, mm. he's, he's a nugget. He's a nugget. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. There's plenty of room for nuggets at SANFL level. I just don't see that there's anything there for AFL level, frankly, uh, at all. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, he is a nugget. He's He looks like he's slow. Um, but you look at his testing figures at, uh, at the combine, and he's actually pretty quick, and he's got exceptional agility. And I guess that the agility side does show on the ground because he can sort of stop and turn on a dime and yeah. change his direction pretty well. He's got a bit of Tom Mitchell about him in that regard, the way he sort of moves okay. around. Maybe a bit of Sam Mitchell as well. Um, I guess another comparison you could say he's a bit like good old Roger James back in the day. Oh the way he sort of uses his body um, I think is pretty similar. Um, and look, that's that's the thing that he does best is just win the ball. He's a see ball get ball type player. Um, probably lacks a little bit of polish with the footy, he does. Um, but he's not not a bad kick. Um, I really like his handballing um, ability, um, but he's just got you know he just looks slow on the field. That's that's the problem. He's slow. He's sub one eighty. Um, is he going to get a lot of game time? at an AFL club um, right. with the way that he is at the moment. Look, for me, I, I, you look at him and you think, okay, give him three years of improvement and development, and I think in three years' time he would still be the last man on our list. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> for, for, possibly. His position, for his position where he would ideally play, he would still be you know, seventh in line for that position. Um, yeah. Like he'd, Look, yeah. I, reckon, I reckon we said the same thing about Jack Graham couple of years ago as well and oh, he ended up and also Jack kicking, Graham was taller. three goals in a Jack Graham oh, was not taller. by much ah. well 183 and also what's Jack Graham since done since that first year well he's, nothing he's, but he still, he's, still he's, ends up he's kicking back, three he's goals back in down a to, doesn't he yeah but he's still back down to half a goal a game and 13 touches <laughs> or something yeah <laughs> yeah look it's um yeah I, I understand I understand completely yeah, yeah. I understand completely, and look, that's why, you know, it's debatable whether he gets drafted. Um, again, he looks like being a rookie-type pick. Um, maybe he might sneak in at the bottom end of the, the national draft, but uh, for a rookie pick, I'd be okay with us taking him. I, I think he'll find a spot there just because of his natural football-winning instincts. But you take Nietzsche um, ahead of him any day of the week, right? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, okay. I would. Yes. Mm. Because I, I like Nietzsche a lot better. And um, I've got Lewis at 46. I've got Nietzsche at 36. Um, okay. I, I think I think Lewis has got a little bit going for him, which sort of stands out a little bit. But nah. at the end of the day, um, I think he's going to be a late late rookie. Late rookie type. For guys under 180 centimetres, there's got to be something genuinely exceptional. I just don't think there is. Yep. Right, talking about uh, another player who's sub-180, and um, that's okay. Boyd Woodcock. Yeah. Who is uh, 174 centimetres, 68 kilos, um, plays for North Adelaide, won a premiership for North Adelaide in the SANFL at senior level uh, this year. Had a wonderful year in the SANFL, actually. He kicked 12 goals in eight matches, averaged uh, just under 14 disposals a game. And look, he shot to start him in the uh, final series and really put his name in, in draft lights. Kicked three goals in the prelim, three goals in the grand final, and um, just played the one game at the championships, picked up 12 touches and one goal, but it was really that SNFL final series which has made um, a few people stand up and say, hey, maybe he's got something. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, at AFL level, what does he become? Oh, he becomes a small forward. Okay. So do you think he's good enough at that? I think he's okay. I think he's okay at that. I think he's... More naturally a small midfielder. He's got more midfield instincts. Um, but I like the way that he can shark a goal. I like that he gets front and centre. I think he's got good goal sense. I think he's got good pace. He's got good tackling ability. And um, I think he's got more potential to be a AFL-capable small forward than what Jake Need 
did, for example. Yeah. Um, because my thing about Boyd Woodcock is that, like, he, he, has, he can't go any earlier than a rookie list. Um, and the reason for that is that any draft pick that you'd spend on a guy who looks like he's just going to be purely a coming small forward if he develops and works at it, is, that's, not a, that's not a commodity. But then you look at Grian Myers, who went uh, yeah, he was the already, draft last he, year. He's and... got more than Woodcock. Oh. Comfortably. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, I reckon... Don't know. Absolutely. Don't know. I think the thing Woodcock's got going for him is more pure midfield capability as well. You just said he's not going to play there. I, I don't think he would at 174 centimetres. is probably doubtful, but he can... Look, Sam Gray's pretty much the same Here sort of specs as what he is. Grind Myers, so yeah, four centimetres taller, sure, but more importantly, he kicked 50 goals for the Geelong Falcons... Uh, cup, TSC Cup Grand Final uh, team as well, so uh, you know sure like he, playing he was playing as a but as he was the main target inside fifty. But, <laughs> but he was already a forward. That's the thing. Like Woodcock, he's sort of converting him, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, so that's why probably. he's much more of an unknown than Grant Myers. I think he is. I think yeah. I, look, you, you are right. You are right. I still think he might go more in the na- at the back end of the national draft as opposed to a rookie pick. Nah. I think someone will take a punt on him. Um, they'll see what he did in the final series, and uh, you can't ask for much more from him. Um, I think from a pure football sense, uh, I think he's got okay skills. Um, he's not hes not a long kick, uh, which will probably hold against him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is very quick, which I like as well. Um Look, I think he's got—he's definitely got a future on an AFL list somewhere. Um, just, I guess it just depends where that sort of lands. It just feels a bit like repeating with a—I guess yeah, repeating the Sam Gray experiment, really. Yeah. Look, I think he'll be gone before we get the chance to realistically pick him. So. Um, I don't, I, but, if, if we went to draft before the rookie list, I don't reckon. Yeah. No show. Who knows? If he's there with our second rookie pick, I'd be I'd be pretty happy picking him. Yeah, like, I mean, as I said, as a rookie player, yeah, you probably consider it. There might still be better players available, though. Um, mm. We'll see. He's, he's, right. defi- he's definitely not a player that you say, oh, don't worry, we're going to draft you somewhere in this draft. It's sort of, yeah, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, next player. And, uh, look, you can't find a better man than uh, Finn Betterman. <laughs> I've <laughs> been waiting a, a long man. time to say that. You could have said, um, can't Finn a better man. <laughs> can't Finn a better man, that's it. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, puns are great. Um, <laughs> great, look, aren't they? So <laughs> good. Pretty good. Uh, Finn Betterman is a 180-centimetre um, outside midfielder back flanker from Norwood, um, who is... Uh, He's, again, he's pretty small, pretty thin, slender type. Uh, but, Louis, he's a classy user of the bowl. And, um, is he? I think he is. I think he's a he's a really great kick. He I love good. his kicking. Certainly looks good. I think um, he's got a lot of courage. He loves to throw himself in, uh, even though he's pretty, pretty thin. Um, but, yeah, there's probably a few things holding him back from getting drafted, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, I think he probably... I, I sort of have him as maybe like third round, fourth round. Um, I think he's a hard worker. He's, you know, got a good strong tackle, but he just looks too much... Not looks... He plays too much like Brad Ebert for me. Like, I think that, yeah, sometimes okay. he's a good kick, but sometimes Brad Ebert's a really good kick too. It's just that 80% yeah. of the time he's not. Um, and I kind of feel like Betterman's in that category. He just he just seems like a, you know, a, a solid midfielder um, who will work hard, and that's great. Um, but I just don't see enough that I would say I want him at Port Adelaide. Yeah, look, I don't. I think he's someone that will go late rookie pick if he goes anywhere. Mm. Uh, I think athletically he lets himself down. I don't think like he's got below average pace. Um, he's got no real strength about him at all at the moment. Um, is there enough that you look sort of three or four years down the track and say, "Well, is he worth taking a punt on?" Because at the end of it. Yeah, it might be worthwhile. Maybe, maybe not. Might be a, another not. Cam Hewitt type, you know, that sort of 
Oh, takes a while to get to a. We are. Well, that's what I'm saying. It might, it might take three or four years to get to competent mm. SANFL level, um, which would mean a big Once night. Time but, uh, them. Yeah, yeah. but there's there's a couple of things about his game which are really really good. Um, but yeah, I think there's probably enough against. There's enough negatives that outweigh the positives at this point. Just on Cam Hewitt, just a sidebar. If Cam, <laughs> if if we if he wasn't already on our list, would we draft Cam Hewitt this year? I would hope not. I <laughs> no, hope not. No, you wouldn't. Would no. You? you wouldn't. You no. absolutely wouldn't. Not under any no. circumstances. No. This is this is what I hate about how Port Adelaide is run right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's frustrating. But, um, hugely, yeah. hugely that we don't that we that we give Cam Hugh another go, and because we do things like that, we're definitely not going to give Boy Rod Cock a go, are we? <laughs> you know, like Surely we can a, find a better man than uh, than Cam Hewitt. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Oh God, Macca. <laughs> I hope he gets drafted just to hear the puns that the commentators come up with. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. It will only be the one pun which we just said, but they will get repeated. 20 times a game. Oh, it'll be like, Absolutely. you know, Frio Finn a better man and things like that, you know. <laughs> That's it. Uh, righto, last player we're going to talk about this evening is Ben Jarvis, who's a 187-centimetre, 77-kilo uh, right-footed, uh, third-toll forward, toll utility from Norwood. He had a pretty good championships um, and played a really valuable role for South Australia both up forward and uh, as a chop-out in the ruck as well. He averaged uh, 12 touches, three marks, and uh, kicked seven goals across the championships. Uh, what are your thoughts on Ben? I didn't find him very interesting, Mecca. <laughs> I've, I've, tried, I've tried to make cogent notes, and it's like, uh, he just seems vanilla. I'm not saying he's not going to get drunk. Vanilla is, say- yeah. Yeah, but he's just really vanilla. He's just not interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he's definitely vanilla. There's a yeah. lot of vanilla there. Um, but look, he... I don't know uh, what what he did, he did pretty well. Um, yeah. You know, he's a, he's a good contested mark. He plays taller than what he is. He uses his body really well. Yeah. Uh, he shows good pace on a lead. Uh, can mark in front of his eyes really well. His kicking's exceptionally good. He's a very accurate kick for goal. Um, can slot goals on, on an angle. Yeah, can kick from 50. Uh, he's got good pace, surprisingly good pace. Uh, especially over that first sort of 10 metres, he's a good tackler. Um it's I don't know. Time. You, you sort of look on face value and go, "Yeah, he's a bit meh. He's a bit vanilla. Why would you want to pick him?" But then you you look and he's actually a pretty decent player. Well, that's that's the thing. Like when I say vanilla, I don't mean he's terrible because you know if I think a player's terrible, I will straight up say he's terrible. You know, yeah. by, by vanilla I mean like it's hard to find things that you say that's exceptional about his game, and it's hard to find things that you say that's terrible about his game. You know, it's just. Yeah. He's just right around there. Like it's kind of like the review I gave with Taron Thomas. Although obviously Taron Thomas, I'd probably rank a bit higher up in terms of quality results. But mm. he's just a, 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 looks like a, a solid player that you know could go on and play two hundred games for a club one day. <laughs> it just might not be very interesting. And if he's not playing at your club, you might not remember his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's that guy that plays at um, Gold Coast? Uh, uh, what is it? Yeah, St Kilda. Yeah. Two hundred games for St Kilda. Yeah, yeah. Benjamin, someone. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, Ben Harvey. Bob Jarvis. Tell me about that. Yeah, Bob Jarvis. Yeah, Bob Davis. Yeah, that's the one. Um, yeah, look, if he goes, I think it'll be, again, he's another late rookie type. Um, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he gets picked in the rookie draft. I don't um, think he might get picked in the main draft, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's possible. Look, if someone like Tim Membry can become a competent AFL player, then yeah. there's, there's no reason why someone like Ben Jarvis couldn't follow that sort of path in, in a similar sort of role. And honestly, like, we talk about Gold Coast, you know, I mean, if any team needs a vanilla player that doesn't have any raging deficiencies and will probably play 200 games, then he's probably on their list. Yep. Yes. Yep. I think that's fair. Yeah. So, that's it for the players that we had listed. Um, Is there anybody else for South Australia that tickled your fancy? Not that that we we can talk about this year. I just liked Will Gould, but apparently he's not eligible yet, so, yeah. Will Gould. Yeah. The man-child, yes, look out for next year. Yeah, he's going to be fun. Gold. He's going to be fun. Like, even if you don't think he's draftable, I think it's going to be fun watching him play football. Yeah. Well, there's a few other names that I want to give a shout-out to. Hayden Sampson's probably one. He's a okay, yeah. 177-centimetre um, small forward outside midfielder from South Adelaide. Uh, he had a pretty reasonable championships as well. He's got good pace. He's got some tricks. Uh, he's he's clever with the ball. He can find the ball 
uses it really well. Um, but again, he's just another 177-centimetre player out there uh, for South Australia. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that, you know, this is a good year for South Australia, but there's still a hell lot of typical South Australian footballers on the list. <laughs> yes. There's another one in Luke Tarker who might get a chance as a rookie. He's 175-centimetre small forward. Uh, it's not heaps quick, but he's very strong. He's good over the ball, can play through the midfield as well, uh, and he's got really great goal sense and um, played some fantastic footy for South Adelaide at under-18 level this year. Um, Oscar Chapman is another one who played uh, played a few games at the championships. He's a uh, he's a mature ager. He came back as a 19-year-old this year, I think. Uh, he's 190-centimetre third toll forward. He's got good pace, good intensity at the contest. Just might be a touch too small for the role that he might sort of end up playing at AFL level. Um, I don't think he's got the sort of uh, consistency that someone like Ben Jarvis has either. Mm-hmm. I've got nothing and to add on la- those guys because they were not interesting to me. Sorry. Yeah. And the last player, I'm not sure you would have seen any of him play, is Luke Bogle from South Adelaide. I who, have not. Um, he's a inside-outside midfielder. He's got, there's a lot of Paul Hazelby about him, the way he sort of plays the game. Right. Uh, he's about 178 centimetres. Um, but he is uh, he's just exceptional at getting the ball. He just knows how to get first hands on the ball. He's a really clever kick. Uh, doesn't have good pace um, at all. But there's, uh, there's a bit of Josh Franco about the way he moves sort of in and around the packs, okay, okay. Uh, which excites me a little bit. And and again, he had a huge under-18s finals for South Adelaide. He averaged 28 touches, eight tackles, eight clearances, eight inside 50s and over a goal a game in their three finals matches, which is uh, pretty much as good as you can get. And um, look, there was no doubt that he would have played in the championships if he wasn't injured. And as Johns, Johns is a huge fan of him on the on Big Footy. Okay. Uh, he he broke his wrist, and that's why he wasn't named in the uh, in the state side over the champs. Fair enough. But as a late, uh, again, a sort of late rookie pick, um, uh, you could do worse. You could do worse. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we're done then. Or questions? We're done. There's questions. some. There is some questions. There is ah. some questions. Uh, ports to get lacocious. Uh, not going to happen. But. Uh, uh, the question from him is, uh, what will Macca do when we draft Ben King over Rankin? Uh, prob- look, I've probably come to terms that that's likely to happen. So just uh, shake my head a little bit and uh, and move on with life. Well, meanwhile, can I give you the, the Porsche dream scenario, which will make everyone but me go, Ugh. which is that <laughs> somehow Max King and Ben King both fall through to our pick five. We trade up 10 and 15 for 6 and, I don't know, 20-something. And then we draft Max King, Ben King, and then with that later pick, we draft Hugo Munn. <laughs> <laughs> so we draft Three all... Oh Yeah, two 200-centimetre guys and a 197-centimetre guy is the small. <laughs> and that's our draft for 2018. <laughs> that would be something else. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be that'd stunning? Be, uh, that'd, be, that'd be out of the blocks, that oh, one. Oh... <laughs> Do we have Matt Rendell as our um, <laughs> recruiting guy now? or what? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be interesting. I'd love that. would that. certainly be... solve our tall issues. Wouldn't, wouldn't and that, and uh, key position every... depth at SANFL level for a while. Wouldn't it throw every single draft predictor for a loop? <laughs> oh, it certainly would. It certainly would. Uh, all right. Well, anyway. <laughs> certainly would. Uh, Incarnate asks, um, uh, so apart from watching post-pubescent boys running around fields of grass chasing red leather, deep-frying dead fish and sipping on exotic tea leaves plucked by the callous hands of child slaves, what (laughs) what do we think about the needs and wants of our club coming into the draft? Are they secondary or clearly at the forefront of our recruitment team's minds? Um, I think that past drafts for Port Adelaide... um, well, that's, well, okay, distant drafts for Port Adelaide is usually pretty much whatever you delist is what you get in. Um, mm. In recent years, though, we have gone more for batching in that we identify a player type that we think that we need to add more of, and we draft three or four of them <laughs> pretty much. So um, yeah. if for whatever reason, and given we've delist, we've traded Wingard and we've delisted three guys in that 180-centimetre mark, it would not be too surprising if we came out of this with three small midfielders, and that would shit me off no end, but I... It, 
going on recent form from Port Adelaide as far as recruiting and you know batching players. Um, I think that's entirely feasible for us. So I think that's on the cards, particularly with the, the smaller players that are available at our picks. Um, I think yep. that's very likely. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, look, I think when you've got three first-round picks, I think all you do is you pick best available at each pick, whoever you think that is. Um, I think that's what we're going to do this year. Mm. Maybe. Yeah, you know, if you have later picks, you can sort of tailor things a little bit, but... Um, you know, it's at the top of the draft that you have I, the I most choice there, Macca. It is, but I think you also just pick the best player. And if that's, you know, just another midfielder, then you add them because you no, can never have enough great. midfielders of, no. uh, of high quality. Um, but it, look, it depends. It, you know, we might consider Ben King to be the best available at pick five. We might have Ben King and Max King ahead of Rankin. Um, yeah, you know, maybe. that's up to the, the recruiters to decide their list. And I think we'll just go down the list one by one and whoever's top of the list at our picks, that's who we're going to get. Okay. but I, I, I think I, there might be might I be a couple con- of surprises. but I still contend that if you're the club that does that, you're going to end up with more skinny, small flankers than any other club. <laughs> but anyway, <sighs> it's been borne out. There was always the Western Bulldogs thing under Clayton, and I think they've done it with Gold Coast um, largely as well. And that's kind of what they ended up with mostly. Yeah, but if you're Clayton, then your list is just made up of skinny flankers. But that's there's what no I mean. one else on your that's list. That's what I mean. But that's because you're picking best available and other clubs are picking it's not, yeah, needs. But it's, not a you talent, know? it's not a talent list with the whole draft. It's just a list of the 25 skinny flankers in the draft and you just go one no, by one down there. No, you know, but you know what I mean. Like if every other club drafts for needs, so for example, if every other club says, okay, maybe Max King isn't the best player at pick four, but we definitely and a lot of other clubs have a high demand for tall players, then they'll go mm. earlier in the draft, Yeah. Demand is yeah. absolutely a huge factor in draft order. Um, and so if you don't acknowledge that when you're making your rankings, then you're going to end up drafting small, skinny flankers. Mm. Connor Rosie, come on down. Um, next uh, question is Mick59, who asks, uh, who are the most likely we would have taken if we had a full draft hand instead of trading into five? And are there any players we might rookie if they aren't drafted? I don't know. I assume uh, he means from the players that we've sort of mentioned so far. So okay. I think, um, look, the likes of Nietzsche, I think Pudney, um, and uh, potentially Woodcock, if he's there in the rookie draft, I think they're sort of three names that we might look at. Fair enough. In terms of who we might have picked, it's hard to say. It's hard it to say. I think Munn would have... I think Munn would have been there. I think Valenti might have been a chance. I think Sparrow might have been a chance. Um, from some of the others that we've mentioned uh, last week, I think Fraser Turner would have been a chance. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably about it. I'd say so. I think so far. Yep. 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 From, from who we've sort of spoken about so far. Mm. Uh, next question. Uh which player that we draft at 5, 10, or 15 will give us the same reaction from Macca that drafting Atley did? Rankin, right? Probably Rankin at 5. If he's there and we I'm actually pick 10. him, I think I'll be pretty chuffed. Rosie at 10? No, I think Haightley at 10 will give me that uh, reaction. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. He won't get that from me. Uh, what about 15, I'm, I'm undecided. I, I don't know if there's a player... Look, unless something crazy happens and Ben King's there at 15, I'd be pretty chuffed with him at 15. If, if, um, me, if Butters is there at 15, maybe I'm Coldwell. Happy. Okay. Yeah, Butters, Butters, I'd be happy. Coldwell, I'd be happy. Hill, I'd be happy. Um, yeah, but oh, look, maybe, for the maybe, look, maybe if, if, if for some fleeting reason Bailey Smith still ends oh, up gosh. on the board at 10 uh, and, and we pick him, then that, that is, as we said last week, Pants down, lap around the table. Top. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, Fine Minds has also asked, uh, Ice Block or Icy Pole? Uh, look, I mean, I, I guess the advantage of the Icy Pole is there's no stick, so that is always a way to go. Right? Aren't they the same thing? I don't know, because I think the Icy Pole is the same thing as a Zupa Dupa. Maybe I'm wrong. Nah. Okay. So no, I thought an icy pole. I don't live near the beach. 
I think this is one of those sort of things. What do you call it? You know, the yeah. the iced iced lolly on a stick. Do you call it an ice block or do you call it an icy pole? It's like do you call it sunblock or sun sunscreen? Okay. All right, cool. I would definitely rather have a zuper duper than one of the the ice things with a stick in it because you always icy have, block pole. Yeah, because you have to crunch yeah. through those those blocks. Like it's not like an ice cream where you can sort of lick it lick it off and not you know crunch your teeth into a bit of wooden stick. You know, you've got to actually crunch mm. it on pretty much. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm more of a zuper duper man as opposed to a icy, icy pole. I think I call them ice, icy poles. There you go. I think. All right. So another one uh, from Fine Wines is it Lego or Lego? Uh, Lego. Lego. It, it's from the Danish play well. Mm. Play nicely, pretty it much. Mm. Play nicely. Yes. Um, the FVK has asked, why do we seem so much keener to trade away our depth than any other club? Uh, are we? Are we? Yeah, that's probably a fair, fair comeback question. I think a lot of clubs trade their second stringers. I think they usually they trade them when they the have value. value. <laughs> yeah, if, usually, usually clubs trade them for higher value than what we do. That's probably the question. Yeah, they don't hang on the extra two Why do we hold we on do? to our depth for too long so that they're worth nothing yeah. and then trade them? Like that's it. Uh, like if you that's don't probably do, a better question. If you wait till all your your depth players have zero extra potential to be explored, then they've got no value to any club. That's the real issue, you know. Yeah. Um, it's only when there's a little bit of oh gee, we can still see a bit of upside that you get anything of value in trade. And if you if you've already explored everything that that player has to offer, well, no, you're not going to get any value. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, you know. Could have traded Lobie for a first round pick. Traded him for pick ninety five. So Could have traded O'Shea done. for a first round pick. Didn't trade him at all. Delisted. Andrew Moore was the same story. John Butcher, the same story. Carl Amon could have got a second-round pick. Traded him, well, we saw on the list. So he'll be traded next year for pick 108 or something. So it yep, yep. uh, happens all the time with Port, and uh, it's very frustrating. It is very, very frustrating. Especially when you would think that as the club that has the player, we would have a clear view of deficiencies and upside compared to the opposition. Um, yep. And we don't jump. And then we get found out basically every time. Yes, uh, ben Blink AU has asked, if we do not get a key position player in the national draft, are there any likely players worth looking at in the rookie draft? I wouldn't bother. Yeah, tolls in rookie drafts are interesting. Sometimes key defenders work. It's pretty rare that key forwards ever work at all. Um, so I probably wouldn't worry about that. But having said that, I'm keen on a kid uh, called Aaron Clark who plays at uh, Western Jets. Um, he's a key forward. I like the look of him, okay. um, and he'll definitely be there in the rookie draft. Um, I, 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 look, guess, I guess if somehow Hugo Munn is there in the rookie draft, then Hugo Munn. <laughs> yeah, that won't happen. That's not going to happen. No, Maybe no, Grundy we might look at. Oh, God. Um, that's probably about it. Um, how, this is from Farkern. How can it possibly matter which high-end SA talent we might get if we can't manage them, can't develop them, and then they leave? How could oh. I allow myself to love any of them again? Oh man, you need to go on on a holiday or something, or just get just get away from football. <laughs> you, you have our permission to not listen to this podcast for the next month, and just sort of come back on draft day and try and be positive because that just that's getting to you, mate. It, just calm down. Go to the beach. Go to Soto's. Get some fish and chips, and go down to the, yes. uh, the beach and you know, just just, just think nice thoughts. Think nice thoughts. Yeah. That's it. Uh, Filthy05 has asked, timeline on Rosie transitioning from a flanker to genuine mid? Four years. Yeah, I'd just say three to four, I'd say. I think physic- um, for three for physically getting there and then uh, an extra year for the adjustment. Yeah. Um, Interstater has asked, uh, no, that's not a question. Uh, Daylight Second has asked, uh, put your reputations on the line. Ooh. At what pick will rank and go? Three. Yeah, I think three. I, mean, <laughs> I think three. It's depressing, but three. Yeah. Um, he's also asked, if he's still there at pick three, do you think Port will try to pick swap to get him? And if so, what do you oh, think we oh, will really, offer? Look, honestly, I really hope not, because whoever we get at five, I'm pretty stoked about. So, yeah, no, I hope not. Yeah. Oh, look, if it's, you know, one of Rankin, King, Smith... Rosie at five, I'd be like, pretty happy. 
Like, if you say to me, oh, you know, oh, gee, you really like Rankin. Oh, well, what if you only get a 200-centimetre key position player that can play forward or back? <laughs> you, you know, like, yeah. oh, gosh, I, I couldn't handle that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's non-issue for me. I, I, don't see, I don't see the value in trading up further. I think that five is the sweet spot for me in a lot of ways in this draft. Um, yeah, the, the scary thing for me more is that we would end up trading, like, five and ten for three. Yeah, right. probably nothing too else. Much. It, it nothing. would just be five yeah. and ten for three. You give up too and much, and that's for entirely it. something going on our past history this year that we would do. So it is uh, until <laughs> until it's done and dusted. It, I think it is. Yeah, it's a bit of stress there about that. No, I can understand that. But bad luck. You're going to deal with it until draft night. I, I still think mm. it's more likely we'll trade up to a pick after pick five than one before it. Just so we can yeah. get. Indeed, so we could potentially get the King Twins or something like that. Or if, or if yeah. somehow Rankin and Rosie were around at five and six, we could try and have a crack at getting both of them. You know, that sort of thing. Yep, that's it. Uh, last question is from Madfan23. Any South Australian lads overlooked last year who were a decent chance of getting drafted this year? Probably not. No, we've already seen Nathan Kruger get picked up. He was yeah. probably the main one. Um trying to think back who else might have done something this year there's probably not many to be honest I'm looking at the list of names maybe Andrew well no probably not Andrew Pascoe I don't think um, all the other names they just look like being you know topping out at being SNFL players I reckon um, the second part of his question is um, what I really mean to ask is, how do you feel about Big Butts in comparison to this time last year? Oh, Jordan Butts. Um, Jordan Butts. I don't know. Haven't worked it out yet. Wait for, mm. what is he, Vic, Vic Metro, is he? Or was he country? Vic Metro, Vic yeah. Metro, yeah, yeah. Vic Metro. Vic, yeah, sorry, Vic Country, I think. Vic Country. Oh, okay. So yeah. Country's next, next week, isn't it? So tune in. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Look, I think we're both uh, relative fans of uh, Butts. Yeah. Definitely. Like, I liked him in the uh, games, games I saw, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, he's had a pretty good year, John Butts. He's had a pretty good year. Yeah, there's no other South Australians, I think, that we that were not drafted that we would be wanting to draft just from last year. I just brought up my files, and I can't see any others apart from Kruger. Yeah, that's probably it's, it. Yeah. Yeah, Noah Answorth is a, is a chance this year. We'll talk about him uh, in coming weeks as well. He was in last year's draft, missed out. Um, Matty Day might be a chance to get drafted. Uh, Hayden McLean had a reasonable year at okay. VFL level this year. He was a big tall fella, 197 centimetre ruckman forward. Um, oh, we but won't outside need that of them, that's probably Kings about it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. That's it. Well, you never know. Pick 100 in the rookie draft. <laughs> you never know. Might happen. I had to get eight metres of player in four draft picks. <laughs> yes, that's it. All right, that's it for this evening. Okay, fantastic. We'll be back on Monday where we will be discussing uh, WA. Oh, really? I thought we'd... Oh, okay. I thought we were doing... Oh, we changed the order. No, no. It was always WA. Oh, really? Always oh, WA. I thought we were yep. doing alphabetical order. Okay, fair enough. In the case, no. WA. Oh. No. All right, good. Okay. Pretty WA. Good. So there's only going to be one episode for WA and then we'll get on to Vic Country on Thursday next week as well. Yeah, because WA was um, really shit this year. <laughs> was a little bit. was a little bit. <laughs> um, but we'll talk about them on okay. Monday. Lovely. Until then, can't appear. Port. Ports. 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 One last hurrah. Nine. Loads up. They need a mark and then a goal. West off almost. Motlock couldn't quite. Enright. Good tackle. Cassisi to win it. Cassisi does win it. Oh. Oh.